Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together the third Aliyah in Parshas Truma, Truma Shlishi. The topic of our Aliyah is the menorah and the curtains. Our Aliyah is 24 psukim long, running from Perek Chofe, Posuk Lamed Aleph, to Perek Chof Vov, Posuk Yud Dalad. Let's take a look at the general overview and then some points to ponder. We hear about the creation of the implement of the menorah. The menorah is this golden implement which is created out of solid gold. It is Miksha. We hear that it has um, essentially six branches stemming off of the main um, the main branch. So the main branch is in the center. We have three branches going off in each direction. And we hear about three different decorations which adorn the menorah, this solid piece of gold. There are gvi'im, these are cups, kaftarim, which are these spheres, and prachim, which are flowers. The arrangement is quite the, quite complex. We hear about, and every time where an arm joins the base, there is a kaftar, there's a there is a uh, um, this this uh, sphere, and we hear about the three cups per branch, and the the givia, the, uh, the, uh, the the sorry the flowers, and then we have the cups at the top. So it's a very complicated um, description of this of the menorah itself, and we hear about the various implements which are there as well to serve the menorah, malkocher, machtoseha, all these silver, these golden equipment which is used for the menorah. We then hear, hear um, about also the yirios, these um, the, these curtains. There's actually three levels of curtains in the, Mish- in the Mishkan, as described in our Aliyah, and they are made of sheish moshar, tcheles argaman tolashani, um, and they are so made of all these beautiful things. There's linen, there's blue, purple, um, crimson wool, all these beautiful um, description the, the wool which is woven into one another as well. The design on the lowest, there's three layers. So we're going to go through the first one first. The lowest la- la- layer is called the Mishkan because it's what's seen on the inside and is designed with Kruvim Maase Choshev. So there are, there are wo- angels woven into it and you and they are able to be seen, the images are able to be seen on both sides. That's what the, it's, it's woven in such a way. Now, the way it was made is that it wasn't one big piece. In fact, it was 10 strips. Each strip was four amos, four cubits long, roughly eight feet or so long. And it was, that was the width of it. And it went 28 amos lo, um, longer than uh, long. Um, and now there were 10 of these strips. And all these strips were connected to each other. Five were sewn to, to each other. Five were sewn to each other. And then in the middle... There, the, the, they were joined to each other through 50 hooks, which were connected to loops on either side. So if you can imagine this, 10 long strips of material, 5 sewn together, 5 sewn together, to create two large blankets, essentially, roofing over the Mishkan. And they are connected to each other by these golden hooks, which are double-sided hooks, connecting to these blue um, loops on either side of these sewn together pieces. That's layer number one. Now, if you if you do the math, just to understand clearly clearly how this works, the um, the way it would work is because it is twenty eight amos long. The mishkan's width, the internal width, is ten amos, and the width of each wall is one amma, one cubit. So therefore, on the top, that takes up twelve of the amos on the top, leaving. So if we have if it's the length is is uh, twenty eight, so we have twelve of them taken up by the roof portion. So twelve amos, twenty eight minus twelve remains another 16 which are left. Those 16 divided by 2 on each wall means to say that the Mishkan layer, the lowest layer, would go down 8 amos on each side. Okay, so a 80% of the walls are covered on each side 
of the Mishkan and the roof as well by this the, 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 this layer of of five times ten strips sewn together and can and and hooked together. The next layer is made of the goat's skins, and this is in the same fashion: long strips that are sewn together and then joined in the middle. The different uh, the different sewn strips um, by hooks, and this is a little bit different in the sense that it is thirty amos. Each strip is a little longer, and uh, there are eleven of them. So that means to say that there's a little bit extra at the be- the front and the back. Um, so along the sides, there's an extra amma to play with. From instead of being twenty-eight amos, it's thirty. So there's one amma extra lower down, which means to say that it covers the side beams. It goes it goes all the way down to the to the bottom of the side beams and rests just above the um, the, the 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 sockets, which. Um, it helped the beams stand up. So from the side, once the second cover was on, when you looked at the Mishkan on the side, you'd just see the goat skins hanging over the side and reaching down to within one armor of the ground. So you just see the golden socket and then the covering of the the covering of the goats, which was covering over the Mishkan, the woven level. So and in the front and the back, it rested a little bit over the entrance, almost like a little bit of a veil, and a little bit further on along the back to cover the back the side the, the westernmost side of the Mishkan as well. And finally, we have the third level, which is a very interesting um, level, which is made of Moros Techashim and Elim Me'odamim, Ram's wool, which is dyed red, and the Tachash skins, which is on top on the third level, which seems to be, according to all opinions, is just covering the top, not the sides as well. So that's the, the description. So it didn't have actually a fixed roof. This was the ceiling. This was the cover. When you looked up in the Mishkan, you would see the woven angels of the lowest level covered by goat skins, covered by the red Ram's wool and Tachash skins as well. Now let's get into a few basic points to ponder. What is the function of the menorah? What's the, the point of this? Many, many ideas which are here, just a few basics. The, Rambam, the Rashbam says this is in order to light up the Shulchan. This is, has a function of being part of lighting up the Mishkan so you could see what you're doing inside. The Svarna points out that it's, it's more than that. It's that, that, in fact, the light on both sides all stem from the same place, that the light on the right and the light on the left represent the ideas of the uh, the intellectual and, the, and the, the physical both being harnessed towards the central beam or the central um, shaft of the menorah, which is the idea of the spiritual. So both intellectual and physical need to be harnessed towards the spiritual, which is the expression of what the menorah is meant to represent. Um, as Naim Natara points out, that seeing as the Mishkan is also parallel to the creation of the heavens and the earth, it follows the same order in description of here. First came the blueprint of the earth, which is the Torah, the ideas of the world. And then there's this, the, the sustenance of the world, which is the earth and plant life, which comes on, on day three. And then we have the sun and the moon, which is day four, and that's the menorah. So light comes after sustenance, which is the shulchan. So it goes Aaron, shulchan, menorah, in the same way that the creation of the heavens and earth work this way as well. It's worthwhile noting that there are many, many other ideas to be found in the, in the menorah, but it seems to be generally the notion of light and wisdom, spiritual wisdom in the world. We'll explore some of those idea themes in the next um, few ideas as well. Um, now, just an interesting question is, is, did the menorah have round or straight arms? So it actually depends. The Ibn Ezra, rather, Ibn Ezra comments very clearly in the Torah that it had circular um, arms. And that seems to be generally uh, um, one of the accepted uh, um, ideas of what it looks like. Um, however, it should be noted that the Rambam, although not clear necessarily in his writings about this, in his Pirush seems to ha- um, write a diagram which was discovered in Oxford 
His commentary on the Mishnah, which seems to have diagonal arms as well, and his son, Rav Avram, um, the son of the Rambam, clarifies there was straight arms as well. Um, it seems that archaeologically speaking, the Ibn Ezra was correct because if you go to the depiction in the Arch of Titus, um, and you you see the the exile of the nation of Israel from the second base of Migdash, the menorah which is being carried there is very clearly a menorah which has circular arms. That seems to be an archaeological reflection. There's no reason to assume that the, the Romans would be trying to change the shape of the menorah um, for any particular reason necessarily. And that's generally speaking, if you look at most of the Mishkan books, that's what we will see as well. However, it's worthwhile noting that the Lubavitcher Rebbe was very clear about this, that he felt that it was the, the Rambam uh, was correct, that it was diagonal arms, and he brings into, into question a number of the details of the depiction on the Arch of Titus. There's a number of elements which are missing, the, the feet of the menorah, it's, it's, uh, there's a number of aspects which aren't clear, and he points out that the Arch of Titus is the perspective of Golos, and we're moving towards a time of Geula, where in fact he believes the Rambam is correct, that it's, it's straight-armed menorah, which is why you'll notice that all Chabad menorahs around the world are all straight-armed based on this notion. Very interesting debate, and you'll see these different expressions or pro, uh, portrayals um, throughout history um, in, in, in trying to understand what the menorah actually looked like as well. Um, a few other points on this Aliyah. Why, if you notice that the, when describing the making of the menorah, unlike any of the other implements it describes, that it was Te'aseh, Ha-menorah, the menorah was made, rather than Moshe made it. Why is this? Rashi explains, quoting the Medrash, that Moshe Rabbeinu was unable to make it. He had difficulty making it. So Hashem says, I throw it into the fire and it will come out. Teos said it will be made by itself. And, um, and part of the reason it was difficult is because um, it was made out of one piece. It was very hard to fashion something so intricate out of one piece of gold as well. It's worthwhile noting that if one visits the old city, um, in the Cardo, there used to be, it's no longer in the Cardo, now it's, na- it's now actually in the plaza outside the Churvashul, is the Machon Amigdash's gold menorah, and it, it takes the approach of the rounded arms just out of interest. But um, nonetheless, uh, when, uh, on, a, on a walking tour, they'll explain that the way they had to do it, because to create a, a structure of solid gold like that is very, very difficult and exceptionally expensive as well, they actually created an internal wax mold, which they used, gold plated it and then melted the wax in a way that it was able to have so it's essentially solid gold one piece but it was done through a mold um very complex in order to be able to achieve this idea that's talked about in this aliyah as well. Now let's move on to the idea of the curtains and a few basic points. What is the point of these curtains, the, the Yeri Oz Hamishkan? So Rashi explains that this is really the, the roof. This is supposed to be, we have the beams all around the side which create the walls, but we have the roof over here. The Sforna says that they're actually called the Mishkan themselves, or at least the lower one is called the, the Yeri Oz Hamishkan, um, or the Mishkan. Why? It says because they are like the Nevuah of Hashem. When a person had this prophecy, when Yechezkov, as for example, or Yeshayahu, saw the Merkava, they saw this expression of the divine, they, they, they saw angels surrounding the um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the, this, this divine expression. So the Mishkan is re- for reflecting that. So when, when you would look up, when the Kohanim would look up in the Mishkan, they would see these angels and the gold along the side, which is like the fire, and the implements of serving Hashem. And it, it, this was an expression of what the divine throne chamber would be like as well. Now, why are there so many strips? Why does that? Why can't it just be you, you weave one long, elaborate um, covering and you wrap that up and take it out when you need to? Why? Why so many different strips? So it could be it's on a practical level. Pragmatically, it's easier to carry. Pragmatically, it's easier to weave if it's smaller strips, even though they're very long. 
Or Racham HaKadosh says, no, it's actually because this is reflecting the creation of the world. There were, um, there were ten utterances with which the world is created, as the fifth parak of Pirkei Avos tells us. And so in order to recreate, so to speak, this microcosm of a the world, there were ten, uh, ten curtains for the lowest level, which are expressed over here. And that's why he says each panel is four Amos, for the four letters of Hashem's name, Yud, K, and then a Vav and a K. So it's, it's a reflecting of the metaphysical creation of the world itself. Rabbi Yonah Skler actually points out a very interesting point, and that is, is that you notice that they don't sew f- um, all ten of those strips together. There's five sewn together and five sewn together, and they, they're joined with hooks in the middle. Where do those hooks fall apart? Uh, uh, fall? Where, do, where do those hooks uh, end up? So truth be told is the Mishkan was divided in, it was um, um, essentially 30 amos long, 30 cubits long, two-thirds of it. 20 amos was what's called the Kodesh, the holy area where the Shulchan, Menorah, and Mizbeach HaZahav belonged. And the ten furthermost were where the Aaron was. That was the Kodesh HaKadosh, and that was separated by a curtain we'll learn about the coming Aliyos, called the Parochas. But that means to say that 20 amos, which essentially is half of these curtains, is, um, is, is going to be over the Kodesh. And then there is another, the next, the next part is where it goes over the, over the Kodesh HaKadosh, of the back wall and down again. Where was that dividing point? So it depends. It's a machlekes in the Gemara, but according to the one opinion over here, that division would be above the parechas, between the dividing curtain. Almost as if there's two spheres of the world. There's the holy most epicenter, that's the Kodesh HaKadosh, the Holy of Holies. Then there's the outer sanctum, which is called the Kodesh, the sanctified area, where the main, the main implements were. That is where the joining is. It's almost as if, metaphysically, this is described, the Derech Hashem, the Ramchal explains, that the world is separated metaphysically. There's the, where the, the energies come to this world through, and there are the stars. The stars, of course, you know, we know what the stars are today. We can map them out in the sky. But metaphysically, it also is the lowest expression of divine flow. This is not a physical phenomenon. This is a metaphysical phenomenon. The stars are the connection between one dimension and another dimension. Um, and that doesn't mean if you go further, then you'll get into that dimension. It means it's not upwards, it's inwards. But the point is, is that the, 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 that um, meridian between the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the Kodesh is separated by these hooks, which is why there's two parts to these curtains as well. Um, why, why, were there, why was there a goat skin layer? So it seems the most basic level is that is also was waterproof. The inner one was the beautiful design. The outer one was, was also something which would be protective. Now, what is the Tachash exactly? The top layer was this Tachash. What exactly is that? So, Arya Kaplan in the Living Torah, in the footnote, quotes a number of different options as to what it could be. Rav Sadia Goon and, um, and Ibn Janach suggest that it's leather, but it's leather which is dyed black. So, it's not so much about what it was, but it, it's what it became. Um, based, uh, based on Rav Nehemiah in the, in, the, in the Yerushalmi, it seems that it could have been an ermine, which is a type of rodent. Um, the Ralbag has an opinion based also on the Yerushalmi and the other opinion of Yehuda that it's a wild ram or an antelope, an okapi or, gir- or, or giraffe, some sort of creature in, the, in that realm. Um, and in Arabic, the word tuchosh or tachash is a sea cow or a seal um, which is found near the Sinai Peninsula. So there's various options to what the skin of it would have actually been. What is interesting is that Rashi quotes the Machlaikas between Yehuda and Rabbi Nehemiah as to what the division was, meaning there's two parts of the third layer. There's the red ram's wool. Um, uh, 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 sorry, the, uh, of the Oryas Tachash Elim Adamim. And then there are the, the skins, these red dyed skins of the, of the rams. And then there's the Oryas Tachash and the, the skins of this Tachash creature. So how did that match up? So the opinion of Rabbi Nehemiah was that there were two layers. There was layer of this third layer. So there was first layer, number one, covering the roof, which was the, um, which was the red ram's kahides, and then above it, another layer right on top of it was the tachashim. However, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it was half-half. The question that is asked in the Gomorrah is, so if, 
it says that it's milamala, the Oras Tachashim is above. How do you have an above if it's half-half? So the Gemara answers and says that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the above means above the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So the half that was the Tachashim was oriented above the Aron HaKodesh. Why is that significant? Um, so if you look at the translation of the word Tachash, it's called Sasgona. Sasgona actually is a, a, is a broken up word for the word Saspegavnashela. It was happy with its many colors. Apparently one tradition is that it, had, it was a creature that had many colors, was very proud of its skin. When is there space for multicolors in Judaism? The answer is when you're above the Torah. When the Rabbi Fran pointed this out many years ago, very beautiful idea is that when is there space for multiple colors? Only when it's in Milamala, when it's above the framework of Torah. Creativity is a wonderful thing if it's within a framework. Without a framework, it can go awry very quickly, and that's part of the lesson of the Tachashem. With this, we conclude this very complex aliyah. In the meantime, have wonderful meaningful.